On this episode of How I Got This Gig, Berman and I sit down and chat about working with remote clients. And this is kind of ironic because usually when we record this podcast, we're recording it remotely. I'm in my hometown, you're in the city of Toronto, but today we are in your apartment in Toronto, but we're talking about remote clients. Yes. Now we're just staring at each other, not being remote, and it's kind of odd to be honest with you. It's a little awkward. (laughs) Roll it. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dean Rainey. With me, as always, is... Berman Lamb, the other video twin. We are the video twins here, still podcasting for you, still making videos to help you make better videos. In fact, we've got a new course out, don't we, Berman? Oh, yes. We have a fantastic course called Seven Steps. I can't remember what the course name is. Seven Steps to the Perfect Piece of Camera. Seven Steps to Producing the Perfect Piece to Camera. Clearly, Berman doesn't have much input on our marketing or our titling or anything like that. He's... uh... (laughs) I'm a bit out of it sometimes. Seven steps to producing the perfect piece to camera. Yeah. We it's had a, a great of, course. We, we had a lot of fun making it. Oh, loved it. It was so great. And we were using those seven steps to make that course. That's right. Yeah. And the response has been great. People are enjoying it. They think it's quite funny. And it is. Berman's good. Berman's He does a, a lot of the B-roll acting and he does a great job. He's pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. That's, yeah. very, that's the nicest thing you ever there said you to me. That's it. There I am. There's yeah. your quota. There we go. Happy New Year. Um, okay, so do you want to just get right into this? Yeah, let's uh, jump the into it. The reason we're bringing this one up is that we I recently got a client that's from Nigeria. Nigeria. Yes, and when I opened the email, I, I was very suspicious. <laughs> you don't tend to get a lot of uh, you know, valid emails from Nigeria. Typically, it's a prince who wants you to help him release some money or something like that or get somebody out of jail and there'll be money for you or whatnot. But this was a coach and speaker based in Nigeria, but has an audience in America and uh, Dubai and had purchased our course that we talked about, the seven steps to producing a perfect piece to camera and had seen my work and she wanted us to help her with the TV show. Yeah. And you know what? Her stuff is fantastic. I have to say, got to, yeah, I got to give it to Amina, isn't it? Amina, Coach Amina Amina Z. You're going to see her stuff uh, coming out. We'll we'll share it. We'll definitely be sharing it because we're having a lot of fun with this project. It is unusual because we've never met and we've been working on it for about two months now and I only just had a telephone call with her. Yes, that's very true. Dean, most of your clients are remote. Yes. But usually we fly out. 90%, right? Yeah, I got to think. Yeah. Yeah. And usually we'll fly, you or both of us will fly out uh, to meet the client and shoot with them. But this is one of the rare times where you never met the client. And no. everything's remote, like Everything. purely remote. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to have any... Um, prejudgment? Yeah. I didn't want to have any sort of prejudgment on this, but I was kind of suspicious, like I said. And so I, I went through the stages slowly, you know, to put a little bit of work pr- in the pre-pro. Just, okay, let me help her with her scripts and let me just talk about a few things and we'll see how legit she is. And then we just kind of started working a little bit more, a little bit more, and then I provided a quote and she had to pay a deposit and it came in and it's like okay let's get to the next stage all right now we're booking a shoot now we're shooting and now we're getting footage from her that she shot over there and that we've shot here and we're putting it all together and it's coming together but it's uh 
highly unusual, I would, I think. It's very I, unconventional. And uh, you know what? You just mentioned all these steps, and each step is very important when it comes to dealing with remote clients. Yeah. Right? Right from the get-go, when you're saying, like, we got to feel them out to make sure, you know, are they legitimate clients or not? Because that's the reality of it. No matter where you are in the world, or no matter where the client's coming from, you don't really know because you can't face-to-face, shake their hand or anything like that. It's just an email. Right. Is she for real? Can she afford this? Does she really have content she, she can do? Like, is this really going to happen? You know, so I, 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 you know, I like to work with new people. I like to work with different types of people. She wanted something that was a little bit more like a television show in the sense of like, even though it's seven minutes and it's on social media, yeah. it's still... It's a little bit more long form. I guess I'd call it medium form, I guess. Okay. And so I was kind of interested in that. And she really liked what she saw in our course with our funny B-roll, sort of you enacting what we're teaching, you know, and those visuals that go with that. We always have a sense of humor with the stuff that we do. And she really appreciated that. And she wa- that's why she wanted us. Was Because of the course. Yeah. To, for us to, yeah, she had good content, but she didn't want to be taken too seriously. Right. So she wanted us to have fun with it and create this b-roll so i was like okay you know what at the beginning i'll 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 do some work it's on my own time i'll take that chance Mm -hmm. maybe i put in you know six to ten hours helping you with scripts and answering questions and prepping things and maybe it never comes to fruition that's okay i can give you those six to ten hours i can write that off that's fine yeah you know what that's that's a very important thing to to note yeah i think a lot of people out there are are afraid of uh, losing out. But I think if it's your own time and stuff like that, you need to that, consider it as investment. If you didn't spend that time, you wouldn't have got this client. But even if you didn't get this client, consider it as an exercise yeah, for yourself. Totally. You know, I like to keep on my toes and stuff like that. So we worked through things um, in the pre-production sort of stages. And then she was like, all right, I'm shooting with my crew here. I'm going to do all the pieces to camera. You know, and... Uh, I think the communications could have been a little better. I probably should have pushed for that call before she shot so I could really coach her through. But I was still like, uh, you know, we're, we're very busy. Right. She's got her crew over there. Um, you know, I can send some notes, and I did give notes. Uh, but it's also there's a time difference, and there's all kinds of other things that you're thinking about. And just say, let's see if this really happens, you know. Uh, and then she shot and then we were booked to shoot and I said, okay, well now I'm on somebody else's time and dime, right? I'm having you guys come down to direct and shoot. I got to pay for that. Even if it all goes south, right? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. So that's when he sort of say, okay, this is what it's going to cost. We're going to need a down payment, sort of a 50% deposit. And that came through. So you're like, okay, well, there we go. We're let's move to the next stage. Um, and so we shot everything in. Waterford, right? We went through all her scripts and all the B-roll that she needed. We, we had one crazy like 13-hour day or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty long. But it, it was, was fun, though. It was fun. Oh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and filmed it all. And then I think the biggest drag has just been trying to get the footage from her. Because like the internet's so slow where we are and where she is. And it's just taking days to get the stuff that they're filming over there. Yeah. But you know what? She's been great. She's taken direction. Yep. She's liked our suggestions. Yep. Uh, we've, we're, hand, we're also working with, she's got a team in the U.S., uh, that handles a lot of the marketing and promotion of all the stuff that she creates. So we create the content and that team will market it. So that felt a little better too. Yeah. Because then I, you know, speak the same language as those people and we kind of know the same thing. So I was like, well, if she's hired them, then she's got to be a little bit legit here. But uh, so far it's working out. 
I know my mom was very, very, very sensitive to it. She was very Nigeria, eh? Hmm. Do you think it's for real? Like, she just sees all this stuff on the internet that, like, right? Is it because of the location, or is it because it's remote? That that no, because it's Nigeria. Be, Nigeria. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, of course. Like, how many scams come out of Nigeria? I don't know how don't many know. scams come out of Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> quite a few. You never heard of these? Like the email scams and all that. Like they're quite, uh, they're quite entrepreneurial over there. Yeah, and they they do push the boundaries. I think. Uh, nothing against them, but that's, I think they're fully aware of the reputation that they have. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, none of that's happened. It's all good. It's all good. Now we've had conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And the relationship seems, seems to be, or at least I hope is, is building and getting stronger. We hope so. Yeah. We're going to be honest at the end of it. Like, cause you know, we haven't worked this way before mm-hmm. and she's never done a television show, even though it's seven minutes and it's for social media, we're still producing it. There's still, it's hard work. It's hard work for her to be on camera and to have all her scripts ready and to be able to perform that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a lot of work for her to be like getting photos for us and shooting B-roll over there that we need and all this stuff. So at the end of it, you know, I'm not going to, cause she wants to do this every week for like a year. Right. And I'm like, let's just do these first eight weeks, you know, that, yeah. that, we, that we've got scheduled for a shoot and then let's debrief and let's find out if it really is um, worth it for you financially and your time. And are you getting the results? I don't want to just do a money grab. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. I think y- y- every job that we get into, I think, to be honest with Dean, the way I see the jobs that we get and, like, you know, we don't do a lot of uh, marketing for ourselves. No. A lot of stuff is referral and uh, repeat clients. And it's because we kind of throw ourselves into the project, into the client side. We feel like we're part of it. If the client gets something shot by us, we hope that that product that we've created for them does well. Yeah. Like genuinely we want, wanted of to course. do well. Yeah. And I feel like if we had a different mentality going in and just, it's a money grab, we just care about doing whatever they want us to do and then just getting the money for it. I don't think we'll be where we are today. I don't think so either. It's like hard. You want the clients to see that, that yeah. we really are invested. I mean, I take this stuff personally, like full disclosure here, right? Like we even had a project that I had to come to you and say, dude, I didn't quote enough on the project <laughs> or what? No, I underquoted on the project. And right. now the reality is we're over. Yeah. And this is going to be a shocker for the client. Yeah. And, and so you and I talked it through. Yes. And, and you feel really bad about it. Well, I, I do. Yeah. To be honest with you, I actually, that's one thing that I take personally because I don't want to shock anybody or think that I'm making this money grab, you know, but it was a case of... Uh, uh, they didn't have any scripts <laughs> when I quoted. So you can't, and I shouldn't have quoted. I really should have flagged that. Right. I really should have said, you know what? There's a margin of 20% here either way because I'm really quoting this not on script. So when they tell you, oh, we got 30 videos, five minutes each, then you film them and you realize, well, there's 30 videos, but they're now 10 minutes each. Right. That kind of doubles your post-production hours. Yeah, yeah. And it happens quite often, uh, especially with clients that we work with who are just a lot of them are, are just entering into video yeah. and understanding it. So a lot of our work is really just educating them and bringing them along to understand what it takes to create good video. Not just any video, good video. Right. Yeah. And so, and then I know, I know they're investing quite a bit. And, you know, the reality is, honestly, we are some of the cheaper guys out there. We have, I have low overhead and I do not charge. You what? undercharge. I, <laughs> thank you. I'll tell you that right now. You undercharge. <laughs> So, you know, but, but a lot of the clients that we are working with, they are, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, self-made businessmen, 
but they're going to, into video for the first time and they're not used to how yeah. something like this costs. I have no problem working with the BASF and here's like, here's our quote, here it is. And they just go, yep, got it. Cause they know exactly where we stand in the hierarchy of pricing for right. production companies. Right. But some of these other clients that we deal with, they don't. And so there's a little bit of sticker shock. There is. And the hard part is we have to understand how they feel. We have to put ourselves in yeah. their position and that's what we do. And that's what we feel bad, right? It's like we shouldn't feel bad because we know this is what it costs. This is what we're providing. And we provide good stuff. Yeah. But we still have to understand where they're coming from. Totally. And that's the challenge, right? Even for us. So we worked it out. To, to give you a little closure on that story, we worked it out. And then, you know, Berman said, well, just just go back and see if they'll meet you halfway. If it's okay, tell, explain to them why the quote is different and yeah. where things kind of fell apart. I think as long as you're honest in a relationship, in any relationship, whether yeah. you're married or it's a business relationship, oh, totally. as long as you're honest... Then and 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 willing to like you know work with the other uh, the opposite uh, partner, things should work out. Yeah. yeah. So then I was able to explain kind of the scope did change a little bit because mm-hmm. of some of the choices they made when we were filming, and maybe I didn't explain it at the time. But yep. then now I say like really what we did when you did that was like that meant more time for us that we had to recreate all these other things. And so I just said, look, let's just split the difference if we can. Yeah. You know, like I put in a lot of hours. My team put in a lot of hours, but I'm not going to make you pay for all that. You know, yeah. we can just, um, I've got some, you know, I've got some, a little bit of fault in this too, I guess. Absolutely. Or not. You, you know, it's, they were important. Good. it's important that to understand that even like you and I, we've been in this business for a long time, Yeah. but we still self-reflect on everything that we do. And we're still learning new stuff every time we're on a job. Yeah. And that's great because it makes us better. And we have to at least embrace that to know that we're not perfect and we're always getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Now, this, this, this client that I had the quote issue with, they were remote as well. Hmm. And so, you know, this is all handled through email. You yeah. know, they, they, you know, we could have hopped on a phone call, sure, but it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference. But it's like, you know, they never stopped by the editing process. They never saw like how many people I got on it, how much time is spent. They just see when a revision comes in on Whipster and then they make the changes and then they, you know, we're always chasing them for stuff, Yeah, you yeah. know? And that's the best thing I can do for them to gauge is that we, A, are chasing them all the time. I always say to my team, don't let them chase you. You chase them. Yep. And don't freak out if they're not getting back to you. It's going to be fine. It's on them. They have to uh, follow through. And then hit we hit deadlines. Like we're not going to be late unless it's completely out of our control. We're, we're going to be on time, you know, and to do that, you got to really, you know, push the pedal to the metal sometimes, but the client doesn't see that because they never stop by. They're not around, you know, it's just, I was just going to say, Dean, like, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I have, even with, you know, some of the clients, uh, that are not as remote as the ones you deal with is that, you know, going through email and discussing, there's a lot of communication problems that we have to encounter. How do you deal with it? Especially, I mean, again, Nigeria. Yeah. In the States, they're all like different places in the world and you're just doing email. How do you manage the miscommunications that couldn't possibly happen? Well, they happen. They just happen. And you've got to pick your battles. And like, for example, um, for the cameraman that was shooting over there, uh, he wanted to shoot everything on the red camera. And I knew that these videos are just going on social media and that the Red's workflow might be not worth it, you know? Yeah. We weren't shooting the B-roll on a Red. We were shooting on A7S's. So why doesn't he just, if he's got an A7S, let's just shoot her pieces to camera with that so they match nicer. And I sent him references of the of the framing that I wanted. 
And I was like, you can, you know, you can call me or you can send me a still. Sometimes the cameraman will send me a still from set just before they go and I can approve it. But this guy, you know, he, he just was like, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. And then I didn't want to push. I was like, you're, you're a grown man. You've got camera experience. So by all means, you know, but when we got the shot back, it mm-hmm. was, it wasn't bad. It was just really wide. It was a lot wider than I thought it was going right. to be really wide. There's a lot of negative space. She was sitting down and uh, she was off really far to the right. So, you know, you just figure out with your experience, how do you fix it? So mm. nobody else knows that that is not what you wanted. So then, you know, that my creativity comes in and my experience and we just said, okay, well, the style of this show is we're going to use that negative space for graphics for on screen and we're going to punch in and out and we're going to reposition the shot where we need it. Right. But we're going to use that now to our advantage, that negative space that's we didn't want there and we didn't think was going to be there, but now it's there. Right, right. Absolutely. So, I mean... Yes, it wasn't ideal. I seen some of the shots, the the framing and everything wasn't ideal. But at the same time, I was kind of happy that um, this other crew shot this stuff because they also brought a lot of stuff to the table. Mm. I thought, yeah. uh, was it their background is music videos? Yes. Yeah, and I thought like that a some lot of, of music videos in Nigeria. Yeah, and some of the B roll that they uh, shot of Amina looked fantastic. Yes. Right. I'm not sure if I went in, I would have directed the same way. And that's not a bad thing in this situation. I thought it was really good stuff. Yeah, it surprised me because I probably would have went in there a little more literal with the yes, shots. exactly. And they were not. They still captured kind of the feeling, but they were not a literal piece of the script or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So I'm so like, you know what? Yeah, and then maybe maybe our experience as producers, we you know we we deal with we work with what we got, and uh, I I think that because we got something that was different from what we th- were thinking. Again, it, it it forces us to use our creative mind, and I think what come what will, what will come out of it might be even better than what we initially thought. Yeah. Now yeah. this is not an ideal way to work, and there's been challenges with it. Like we used to do a lot of work with Michael Hyatt, a lot. Mm-hmm. We're in Canada, he's in Nashville. I would fly down, but then you know, uh, times change, people's mm-hmm. needs change. My challenge was, and I kept flagging it to them, you know, I think the first two or three years, it was cool because they never had any plan. So I was able to just make up whatever I thought was cool to do. And a lot of times it kind of worked. But then as they got kind of their messaging, uh, what, what can I say? I guess the, the, the messaging and the content they wanted to make, they involved me less and less. I wasn't around. Like I could never be in a pre pro meeting or something you know i wasn't in the office i didn't know the thoughts that they were thinking or how they were linking things together or what would you know what was coming down i could never get ahead of the idea right so it really just ended up becoming me flying down and seeing the script for the first time the morning of the shoot right i can't do anything except put up a person and frame a nice piece to camera at that point yeah yeah there's no i got nothing for you i'm sorry like uh you want me to cover pages and pages of script with stunning visuals? I, I, I can't. I just saw it and seen the script for the first time. For the time. first time, yeah. So that was that was kind of difficult to deal with that. And, I, and they knew it too. They knew, yeah, yeah, we just can never get you. You know, in, you're not in the room and we can never get your feedback early in the process, you know. Yeah. And, and I just didn't work into their workflow, I guess, for some reason, even with a call or something. So I kind of feel like, all right, now we're not making anything for them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine because I just felt like I don't, my hands were kind of tied. Yeah. The process, yeah. the workflow, it wasn't, it wasn't working for us anymore. Right. Well, I think it's also, you know, Michael Hyatt and the team grew to a, to a point where it became a different environment, a different structure. Yeah. And maybe it's just 
it's time for them to move on to produce things in a different way. Absolutely. And right? I don't have any ill feelings about no, absolutely that. Absolutely not. You know, there's the time and place for everything. You know, our time and place or your time and place with Michael Hyde and the team was then. Yeah. Right. And who knows, maybe later on things would change again. It could totally. But they need they do need some fresh blood in there. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong yeah, yeah, with yeah. that. Now, the question is, will they change their workflow to now that he's down whoever's doing it is I'm sure local now. Mm-hmm. Will they pull him in? And will they or is he just gonna have the same thing that I had where, you know, he just shows up and he gets a script then and then he's expected yeah. or not expected? Because like I was not near the end there. I was just delivering very safe, simple stuff because there was no time. There's no time. There's yeah. no time. And so that's where the challenges come in with working someone remotely. Yeah. You're not in the room with them. You don't see the big picture. You just yep. get a couple of lines in Slack or whatever, or maybe even a quick call. You might get some questions, but there's not that like you're sitting there and you're batting around ideas together and figuring out concepts and pitching ideas and laughing yeah. and joking and getting into a, a vibe there. There's none of that. No. No. Yeah. And you know what, like I just dial it back a little bit. You mentioned how, you know, it's always good and refreshing for people to bring new blood or new ideas into it. Taking it back to Amina's project, that was the exact same reason why she wanted us to be a part of this. Right. Right. Tell me about that. Like you, you, when you first said <laughs> you were like, wait a minute, we're not the same demographic. And yeah, well, I was concerned because uh, I'd never heard of her before. And right. so I assumed because this happens a lot that let's say, uh, there's somebody who follows Michael Hyatt. And let's say, for example, they're from Thailand. Right. A lot of times, they'll be really big in Thailand because mm-hmm. they'll be taking what they're learning from Michael Hyatt and then they'll be sort of restructuring it and translating it and repackaging it into a Thai, for the Thai audience. Right. So I thought, well, maybe she's going to be like that, that she's big in Nigeria. Yeah. And that she'll, you know, probably want Nigerian faces right. on the video. But she made it clear she did not want only Nigerian faces. She wanted an international feel. Right. She wanted the twins that didn't look like twins. She wanted the twins that didn't look like this. <laughs> I said, well, if you don't want uh, Nigerian faces, you've come to the right place. <laughs> My twin and I will hook you up. <laughs> um, and so she wanted that international sort of look to it and to ele- sort of give the idea that she's elevating her brand, whether it is or isn't. I mean, I think, you know, they do good work in Nigeria. I think it's like the fourth or fifth largest film market. They make a lot wow, of television I didn't know and movies that. there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of players in that game, you yeah, know. And yeah. then you have to be careful sometimes as an outsider. You come in while you while you're hiring outside, but their cameraman's local and he does a good job. So Great that's, job. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, but yeah, it was kind of funny because I was trying to be really sensitive. I'm like, shouldn't you? Like, don't isn't your audience Nigerian? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't they want to see themselves reflected in this in the B-roll so they can identify and relate? Right. She's like, no, 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 no. I do not want Nigerian faces faces in the videos. I want international faces. So that's yeah. That Interesting. Was, yeah. So that was part of the reason too why she came to us as right. well. So now, have you worked remotely for a lot of clients? Have I re- worked remote? Like never meeting the client? Yeah. Not really, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I've done jobs that are overseas, but I get flown there mm-hmm. eventually and working with... I mean, the one thing is I, I, I get th- thrown into situations where I don't know the crew, I don't know the client, I don't know the location, and I'm required to perform immediately. You're required to be the boss. The boss. Like kind of the boss people around sometimes. Yeah, yeah they all look to me and go, okay, so how are you going to do this, right? And I, I run into the same problems that you do with scripts when you go, you know, to somewhere like uh, a Michael Hyatt shoot and you're seeing everything for the first time. In fact, I think a couple of years ago, I was in Ireland and I was there as a, just a producer 
just to oversee and manage certain things and and be an assistant director to the the main director who was coming from I believe he was coming from China. This is the milk commercial. This is the milk commercial. Yes, correct. Yeah. And what happened was it was a pretty big production. There was multiple agencies, not just one uh, agency there. And a lot That's of always cl- trouble. It's always trouble, right? Different one is com- too much. One is too much. And then, um, you know, there were there were some big stars coming from from Asia to be uh, on the on the videos that we we're producing. And what happened was, the director himself kept on delaying his uh, delaying and wasn't able to get to the location on time because of visa reasons. Eventually, on the day of the shoot, he never showed up. He couldn't show up. So I wake up to a text saying the director couldn't make it. Berman, you need to direct this. Dang. And I had like, and it was like a multi-million dollar uh, production. Um, and I had to just get up on set. And all these clients are now going, you're the director? And they were all worried and scared because they don't know who I am. They don't know what kind of experience I had. <laughs> but right. yeah, and I'm sitting here, obviously, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? First thing you got to do is pretend you know what you're doing. Sure. Right. But the good thing was going into it uh, because I was an assistant director and because the director wasn't there, I had to do a lot of stuff that he was supposed to be doing and wasn't doing. So I had certain understanding and knowledge of the script and everything. So I just went in and just did what I could. Right. Yeah. And that was crazy. That was close to your commercial is crazy. We're going to put a link. Isn't that what the one with the singing cow or something? The singing. No, no, no. Is there a singing cow? No, no, no. Actually, it was an online thing. Uh, I haven't actually looked back. Haven't you? I thought you sent it to me one time. There was two. There was actually two production. There was another director okay. there directing the uh, six, the thirty se- or sixty second commercial, and I was doing the viral stuff, the mm-hmm. long form stuff that was going on uh, online. They initially asked the director of the commercial to take over, but he's like, I have no idea what's going on on your side because he's been focused on sure. his production. So they had to get me on board and I had to get it done. Well, we're going to put a, a link to that video in the show notes here for sure. I'll have to find it first. Yeah, I it's got to be online, right? I hope. I, I haven't seen it myself. It was for mainland China? It was for Asia in general. Mainland okay. China, Taiwan, um, everywhere, yeah, yeah, in Asia, yeah. Interesting. So, But other than that, like you've never uh, had to do like what I do where... You, Sometimes we're just sent footage. I mean, we have to put it you all sent footage and just put it all together. Yeah, the the clients with the the, the quote issue. Uh, before we did the big course for them, we did a small course and they shot a bunch of stuff and they were like, oh, I think we're overwhelmed if we have to edit this. Would you be able to edit it all and package it? And we're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And that was pretty straightforward. There wasn't there wasn't any problems there. Um, yeah, it's funny that it, it it does kind of work, and I don't know if that's because we have experience to kind of step up and problem solve before the issues become big problems and that we know enough to cover our butts on things. So we have a lot of choices when we're well, editing or whatnot. You but, know what uh, they say about producers. We're just problem solvers. That's how we uh, are. Really? Yeah. The right? Firefighters. Are, producers are problem solvers. Directors are uh, decision makers. You know, editors are, uh, they're, they're the saviors. They're the saviors. Absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. who save it all. Yeah. Anything else about remote working? Is there anything? I mean, I guess if you've got any questions for me that if, that you wonder how the heck have you... If it's remote, right? Wait, you did have a remote job. What you had mean? a remote job for Manulife. Manulife? Yeah. The, oh. You had to deal with the Hong Kong Oh, office. if you put it that way, most That's of a, our hey, jobs back in National Geographic were remote. We never see the clients. Yes. Right? Yes. We're I given, think I was only allowed to pitch like twice in my life in person. Right. 
usually we're, we're given, well, we pitch. We have no idea what's happening. So I don't know where, okay, you got to go shoot pitch. this. We just make a pitch deck and we would send it off Yeah, for we, some salesperson to pitch. And the beauty is like, okay, we need to do a lot of, like, hey, well, back then, back then we did a lot of tourism spots for countries. Yeah. Not just like towns and city. We did like tourism for uh, Thailand. Thailand, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Singapore. All that stuff. And the, yeah. and the, the funny thing is we never actually get to go to the location first to come up with a concept. No. We just have to go online, Google, and then go, okay, I think this is what's going to sell. <laughs> come up with a script, concept, storyboard, send it to the client. And once they approve it, okay, you got to go shoot it. And we arrive at the location in Thailand, a country. We get one day to scout the country. Yeah. And then two <sighs> days to shoot the commercial. That's going to sell people to go to that country. Yeah. I yeah, guess that's, yeah. and we never see the client at all. No, I did for Thailand. That helped out a lot. And when you I, see the client, right? Yeah, because I got to go into the room and I got to, got to pitch them the concept. And they they loved me and they loved the concept and everything. So that was really, really good. Chengdu, on the other hand, Chengdu, China. Uh, yeah, I just remotely sent in the storyboards and the concept. And I guess I, I, I'm trying to remember here, but there was some meeting and they were really upset that a white guy was making this commercial. What? Yeah. Do you not remember that? Did I not come home and tell you? But with Chengdu, there was some... We had two commercials. One, <laughs> there was two commercials I had to shoot. One was my own concept. Okay. Um, and it was just the city in general, Chengdu, China, home of the panda bears. My concept was the town is getting ready. The town is getting ready for the visitors to come. It's getting open for business. So mm. it's people, you know, flipping open signs and setting tables. Right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stairs and all this, or sweeping sidewalks and getting everything ready. And the client loved that. And then the second one, they said, we want to do the concept. We want it to be the industrial side. And you're going to show this and 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 this. Did it ever end? It was it was garbage. It was rubbish. Even they hated it at the end. Because there's no concept. There's nothing that tied it together. It was just cramming everything in. And then some guy at the, I don't know, they were showing it to the local government or wherever who had to... I don't know, weigh in on it or something like that. And one guy stood up. It was all in Mandarin, so I didn't really understand. But they loved the first spot, and then he just stand up. And he was just like for 15 minutes just railing in Mandarin of how an insult it is that a white guy comes down and shoots this video. They've got tons of production companies here and this and there and what do we care and blah, blah, blah. And this is a garbage commercial and all that. Wow. Thankfully, it was in Mandarin because I, I didn't get upset there. <laughs> it was explained to me later. But I was like, you know what? He's totally right. It is a it is a crappy commercial. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but like you had one two of the, one, two of them, right? So yeah, the one, one was you, a winner, right? Which I think because yeah, we had a concept and we fleshed it out and right. tied it together, and the other one was just like a list of okay, show this factory, show that high tech company, show this university, show this uh, industrial park, show that. And it was like there was no story, there was nothing, and no matter what I pitched, it was like I couldn't right get them to sign off on. Do you still have a copy of that commercial? Oh, I don't know. It was it. it, it <laughs> It was one of those Chengdu City of Industry, you know, one of those like nineteen yeah, sixties. Yeah, yeah. uh, There's only so much you can do with yeah. clients are like that. Now I know, and then to get railed out at the end about it, yeah, it was odd. Yeah, I, I kind of blocked that one out. I it just flashed back to me. I remember just the pandas attacking you, but actually not attacking you. Just wanted to yeah. get to the tripod because they thought it was bamboo. We'll put that clip in the show notes too. Uh, my <laughs> panda attack video. Yeah, but uh, now that we're back here. We do get a lot of inquiries from um, remote clients, yep. a lot from the U.S., and now I'm really starting to push them, if they want to save some money, come to us. 
Yeah. Fly up here. If, if it doesn't really matter, if you don't really need to be in your own environment, like some people I would say, no, I've got to see you with your family and your friends. It's part of your brand. Right. It's part of your story. Absolutely. I've got to see you in your office and all that. But like these, these clients uh, that came up to do the course, you know, their space is vacation rental properties. Wow, interesting. So it's like, oh, it's great. It's a great course. They, mm. they really know what they're doing. It's really great content. Vacation Rental Revolution. Check mm. them out if you can. You got a link for that? I do. I'll put that in the show All notes. Right. Uh, they just said, oh, yeah, we can we can come up to you and we'll rent a Airbnb and we'll get a big house. And they knew what they were doing and mm. they got the right place. And we sat up there and we shot. It was just a lot cheaper because you don't have the travel expenses and travel days of my crew and everything and also i have more resources here that i can pull in that i don't necessarily have to charge you for i can just like oh yeah but anything i get on the road you're gonna pay for it and you eventually compromise for not having that stuff totally yeah either we work longer or it doesn't look as good or something yeah well i mean it's hollywood north Hmm? i've been watching a lot of netflix lately and i realized that yeah a lot of stuff I'm, i'm noticing certain streets in the city i'm like that's they don't even mask that. That's that's a no. street right here. It's amazing. Totally, but totally. it works. It works. It does. Yeah. So the has been good. And, uh, you know, the dream is to maybe someday have a big enough property with a bit of a studio and that so that clients can actually come to me. I mean, the dream would be to have like a Skywalker ranch out there in Norfolk County, you know, where <laughs> there's like my house and then there's another building with a studio and uh, editing facilities for my team and space. And then maybe there's like a bunkhouse, like a little guest house or something. So a client can come down and we can just shoot, 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 shoot. And they can fly in and out. Cause keep dreaming, Dean, keep dreaming. <laughs> but you know what, the, you know, it's a very good point though. Like as remote as anything is, the more communication, the more uh, connection you have with the client, the better it is. Yeah. Right? Like you said, back to the story that you were talking about with Amina, you know, you wish you had the call earlier to touch base with her uh, than later. Totally. Right? Totally. And like you said, it's also like maybe in the future, yeah, maybe we fly her here to do more production with her uh, as opposed to uh, what you're doing right now. But having said that, it's also a learning process, right? For both you and, and our clients, uh, that are abroad because once you start building relationships, start understanding each other's style and everything, you know how to utilize those things. Yeah. So you, communication, right? Remote clients from abroad, it's all fine as long as you build that communication and build that trust. Yeah. And I think the important thing is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not just a single dude. I'm just not, I'm not just a videographer. Like I'm a, we are a production company. Mm. So we have support and resources that allow us to step out of our local area and take on larger. Yeah. Strength in numbers, right? Totally. Yeah. So that is what's key. You know, um, you know, why would you just hire a videographer? You can get a videographer anywhere. You, You want a producer, you want someone who's going to take the rawness of what you've are created or what you are creating and to craft it and polish it into something super awesome. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we do, which sets us apart. And it's been crucial to my business that I look outside my local area. It's crucial to my business as well to be able to work with other people that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Do you get nervous? I get a little bit nervous. Oh, yeah. I'm an introvert, but I've really tried to overcome it. You're an introvert? I know. You do not believe it. But do, do I really go anywhere? Oh, because you live so far away. No, there's still, I could still go out of my house there. I could still do activities. I mean. True, true. I, you know, I, I, I'm i a homebody. I yeah. like my family, my kids, my wife. But and, you're outspoken. Uh, I am, but I. I don't speak I much. I don't know. Unless we're on this podcast. I guess so. Yeah. I, 
No one believes me. No one believes <laughs> I me. Still, I've I'm known you for nervous. years and I still, still don't believe you. Yeah, it's more of a defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, you're absolutely right. I do get nervous. Like uh, you were mentioning before, uh, a project that I did uh, work through last year on, which was with uh, a good client, Manulife. Yeah. Um, I was flown around to uh, Boston, uh, California, well, yeah, Southern California and stuff like that to uh, shoot with different uh, subjects and different crew. Yeah. Uh, because budget, I couldn't, or not even budget, more like a timing situation. I couldn't bring my own cameraman, cinematographer with me. So I had to work with whoever I can find in those locations. Now, it was tough because, you know, for those who don't understand the industry, like a director and a cinematographer or cameraman work closely together. Yeah. The more they work together, the more they understand each other's language and style and stuff like that. And it's quicker and it's faster. So when you don't have that, you're going to a remote place, meeting, you know, a cinematographer for the first time, there's a short period. You have to feel each other out right away and start rolling the camera. Yeah. And that's, you're right. It is nerve wracking. You don't know who you're going to get. You don't know if they're good or bad. You don't know if you're able to, uh, articulate what you want because <laughs> You know, we know people that we work with so close. They already know what I want. I don't need to spend that time articulating myself to them. Right. But now I'm going abroad. I have to, which I'm always worried. What if I can't do it? What if I'm not good at that anymore? Or what if he's an asshole? Oh, yeah. Because that happens. That happens, yeah. You know, you want to talk about cameraman, go back to our uh, creative director episode there with Andrew Clark. Yeah. Because Andrew's got a very strong camera background. And uh, he, yeah, he breaks it down, the two types of cameramen out there. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, and that's true. I mean, so you could be on the road and you could come up and, and if somebody wants to be difficult, they'll just be difficult. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Uh, with that experience I had, and it was like a one it's one single trip, I went to uh, California and over to the East Coast in Boston. Two different crew, uh, two different crews, yeah, and different cameramen. And there were some um, challenges, but I also learned a lot and was able to come back with, uh, you know, different perspective and different ideas of how to approach things. Oh, okay. So kind of worked out. I think now going back, I, I would know how to manage and deal with these things. And these are things that you can't choose. It just happens and you have to deal with it. So now I have the experience. I'm not, I won't be as nervous the second time around. You did three different, you worked I did. with three different cameramen, right? Or something. For that, For that one, one I that did. One. I, the good thing is they all look, they all, they all fall in line. They all fall in line. Yeah, good. They don't look like, well, that one's really odd. No. Well, you know what? The thing is, they were very different. To be yeah. honest with you, they were very different. But the one thing I've learned, because we had to work with different cameramen back when we were at Fox and National Geographic, what I did was try to mask that difference with the subject itself. Right. We're shooting different, we're in different locations, different subject. Why not have that dictate your style and not force your own style to something where like you're, you're making it even harder for yourself if you're just trying to force your own, implement your own method and way on something that can't be done that way. Right. Right. So you got to work with what you're like. It's like, like Bruce Lee, you got to be like water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of working remotely then, what about you and I? Because you're in the city, you're an hour and a half away from me Yeah. with no traffic, two hours with traffic. I dread the drive home tonight, but anyways, <laughs> but, um, you know, and we, we aren't partners, yep. but we consult with each other. We help each other out and that. How do you think that relationship works that we're not, I mean, I know the team would love to have you in the office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> just to, you know, run something by you or just to, you know, have you in the loop of things, yeah. but you're not, but we get you on speakerphone and that here and there and you, and, and they're encouraged to send you stuff and that, uh, well, how do you find that? Okay. This is how I see it. Like 
we're a little old school. You and I get on the phone all the time. Yeah. We'll text every now and then, but once it gets gets heated, <laughs> not in a good not in a bad way, heated no. like you know, we get we're getting yeah. you know, fired up with stuff. We get on a call and we're talking like almost every day. Yeah. And I think today in today's generation, the millennials and everything, that everybody's on the phone. Uh, you have all these companies out there talking about, oh, work from home, the work from home culture, where right. when you're communicating with a colleague, you're sending an email and waiting for them to get back to you. People don't understand the power and the convenience of being able to pick up the phone or just talk to the person. And that builds a relationship and a bond, right? Yeah. So I think you and I, we have no problems because we're so accustomed to just getting on the phone and just chatting it up. And before that, when we worked together at Fox, we were like, Back to back, basically. Oh, we were back almost to in the back. same. Yeah, cubicle. that was a little too just, much, though. I know. I could just <laughs> spin around and then, bitch. You know? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the thing. I think people don't understand that communication is important. Totally. And just getting on the phone. It's so easy nowadays. Yeah. Right? I, mean, Things, I love being in the room with people. I, yes. Yes, absolutely. And because, yes, we don't have that option because you do live an hour and a, hour and a half away. Yeah. We can't do that every day. But being on the phone, using Skype, FaceTime, those are equally as good. And as long as you feel comfortable in doing that, that distance doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right? Even for your team, you got, dude, you got to tell your team that they can call me anytime they want. They don't call I me know. enough with their questions. I know. Right? Why? It's Why that is that? generation. They just text. And the thing is, the, 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 the truth is, things get dropped. Yeah. You just rely on text or email. The tonality mm-hmm. of emails, right, can be read every which way, but they can't do that on a call right 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 that's and to me that's the that's a key thing if it's not face to face at least get on a call and have a conversation it's great people enjoy it yeah in fact it's best it's the best way to build a relationship so we were I, we were working for basf a big uh, industrial company i yep. think it was the, it was them they're from toronto still an hour and a half or whatever but uh yeah they were emailing and emailing and i was just like well you know a little bit here a little bit there and i was just like forget this I pick up the call and I'm calling her cell. And two minutes of conversation solved all our problems. Which would have taken like maybe a week's worth of email back and forth. Totally. It was ridiculous. And I said, she says, oh, I'm so glad you got me on the phone. I said, well, sometimes I just want to hop in. And I said, you should feel that way. If you ever want to call me, call me because I guarantee we'll sort whatever problem we have out. Yeah. way faster than through email. So you have to keep on that. You have to be, look, I should have stepped up and I should have been a man and called Amina beforehand and everything. But you get busy and you get, you know, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. And, you know, you just, and so that's one thing. Not that I regret, but just I got to keep, I got to remind myself. I got to, it's a communications business. Yes. It's a communications business. It's to our audience, but it's also to our clients. Yeah. And, you've, and to our coworkers. And you've got to keep those lines of communications clear. Absolutely. I think, you know, for this podcast, if anybody gets anything from it is that communication is key. Yeah. And the closer communication, the better type of communication you have. And to me, it's actually verbally having conversation, the better. Yeah. Yeah. So that does it for us here. Hey, Berman. Yep. Face to face, having great conversation. (laughs) Great communication. There you go. What's on the horizon for you? I, uh, working on uh, a job that might fly me out to, uh, Asia. Again, uh, for a couple again, uh, again yeah. yeah, yeah, which I love. I mean, I, you know, you and I, we spent some time over there. It's always good to uh, get to go back on someone else's dime. On yes. someone else's dime, absolutely. Totally. Um, and usually, every time I get flown out there, it's it's one of the it's a little more challenging in terms of it's different. It's not challenging, yeah. but it's different. But because it's different, it's challenging for me. 
And I really enjoy enjoy those because it kind of exercises different parts of my brain and everything. And uh, I come back with a little more knowledge that I can apply to other stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. And maybe while you're out there, you get a few more interviews for the podcast. Yeah, we'll see. With directors and filmmakers yeah. out there. I want to thank you all for listening. Again, check out videotwins.com for all your video production needs there, resources, tips, hacks, tricks. Absolutely. And we got a, again, we got a great course coming out, Seven Steps to the Perfect Piece to Camera. I encourage you to check it out. At we least ha- watch the promo. You got to watch the promo. There's some funny lines in there. It's a, if anything, it's entertaining. It's totally entertaining. Yeah. You might learn a thing or two. Maybe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great. You're, you'll definitely learn a lot. All right. Well, yeah. thank you. And we'll see you next time on How I Got This Gig. See ya.